Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. Aboard the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline and shared your thoughts on the current plight of the uh, Edmonton Oilers. And keep texting us on the Ashley Fine Flores text line. I'm going to squeeze a couple more in a little bit later on. But at this time, we're going to head off to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. Go to our Oilers Now headliner today for Wilhock Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. And based upon the text that we received today and some of the calls we got, a very popular member of the Oilers organization, Bakersfield Condors head coach Jay Woodcroft. Hi, Jay. How are you? I'm doing good, Bob. Thanks for having me on today. Good. Uh, look, I was keeping an eye on your game on Saturday night because you're down some bodies, just like the Oilers are down some. But you're down your number one goaltender. You've got another goaltender that's just arrived into town, but a victory against San Jose and turned out to be not a close game on the scoreboard. Um, uh, what was it like for you guys? Because you had a challenged week last week, to say the least. Yeah, it was a very interesting week. Obviously, um, we were in Abbotsford the week before and were scheduled to play four games in five nights. Um, we got through three of those four games, and then last Monday they informed us on the the morning of the game that it was uh, it was going to be postponed. So it was. Uh, it was an interesting time. We scrambled uh, to get to the Vancouver airport. We ended up getting on a late flight on that Monday night. And then uh, throughout that week, um, we started losing people to COVID protocols. And I think there were upwards of 12 of our people, both players and staff, um, in the protocol. So it, it, it was a challenging thing for our team. We had one game postponed on Friday night. We had a couple people um, become available to us so that we could dress a lineup for the Saturday night game versus San Jose. And um, I thought our team played really hard. I thought they played for each other. Um, we had people elevated in responsibilities, not only in our lineup, uh, but also uh, on the bench, we had the uh, head equipment manager out and his assistant stepped up. Um, both of my assistant coaches were are in the protocol. So uh, our goaltending coach, Sylvain Rodrigue, uh, jumped up and helped me uh, run the D on the back end there. And then our video coach and kind of our guy that does everything for us, his name's Noah Siegel, um, he stepped up in responsibility as well, and, and he helped me up front. So um, I was very proud of not only the result, for sure, we're in it to win that game, and uh, but the way we played, how hard the players played for each other, and 
kind of seeing everybody uh, rise to the occasion was uh, very rewarding for me as the coach. Jay Woodcroft joining us. Jay, it was actually beyond, was it not at one point you guys thought there might have been a lot more positive cases and because something happened where you got a ton of positive results back and there turned out to be a bunch of false positives? Yeah, yeah, that happened actually uh, on the, I believe it was the Thursday, um, where, or maybe it was the Wednesday, where everybody in our in our party, uh, most people tested positive, and um, so what ended up happening was that uh, we got tested twice that day, um, and the people that tested positive twice, obviously, uh, that was pretty definitive. Um, but other people got good news and and uh, didn't test positive again. So. Um, yeah, it's the times we're living in, and we're just uh, staying flexible, keeping open minds, and uh, taking it uh, hour by hour, so to speak. All right. Uh, Stuart Stinner did end up coming up, played on Saturday, had a couple t- tough moments, and has subsequently <laughs> tested positive. He's not an option. Konovalov's up here. So you got Rodrigue down there right now. And, oh, by the way, you got another goaltender arrived that hasn't played for a while. Has he even practiced with your main group in terms of Alex Stalock? Yeah, um, Alex came in uh, last week, and uh, he had to clear a few hurdles first before he was even allowed to practice with us. Obviously, he had to do his testing, um, but he had to clear a physical, which he was able to do, and then he had to clear through waivers. And um, since then, he's been able to practice with us uh, full full uh, full time. He's somebody who uh, has missed some time with hockey, so we're not um, going crazy with his workload or or the amount of reps that he's getting in practice. But um, he's he's got a great attitude. Uh, he's here for the right reasons. Um, I have a history with Alex, uh, having worked with him in the past in the San Jose Sharks organization. So I saw him as a young man um, trying to achieve his NHL dream. I've seen him through work through a lot of setbacks in his career uh, and major injuries. Um, so to have him come down and, and try and um, uh, you know become a part of our team down here and what we have and his quest to one day uh, get back to the NHL, I think that's uh, you know he's a good example for a lot of the young players in our locker room and um, he's been working hard. At at his craft, but uh, you know, in terms of the goalies that you mentioned, there uh, uh, Olivier Rodrigue certainly put in a good performance for us on Saturday night against San Jose. Uh, I didn't think he was overly tested, but when uh, when we did break down, he was there. He was a rock for us, so he had a good game. Okay, well, uh, so goaltending's a part of the equation. You're down a bit on goal, but you've you're in a little bit better place on defense uh, than than you were. Nemalainen back. Uh, Broberg playing big minutes. You got lots of other defensemen healthy now, uh, and and it puts you in a pretty good position on the back end, doesn't it? Yes, yeah, uh, certainly. Uh, the guys you mentioned uh, um, coming back into our lineup, uh, we feel uh, very comfortable with those players. Uh, over the last few days, including yesterday, we've had some more get into the COVID protocol. So uh, right now, we're just uh, we're uh, seeing what each day brings. Wow. But um, we, you know, in terms of Nemeleinen playing his first game in almost a month, uh, I thought he was physical. I talked. I think he. Uh, 
you know, there were parts of his game that I, I think he'd want to improve on, but uh, he took some healthy runs at the best players on the other team. He played big minutes. Uh, he was a real factor for us. Broberg continues to move the puck well. I uh, made a great play on a, on a primary assist uh, to Seth Griffith. Um, a, a really, really good play. Uh, he, we're looking for increased um, consistency in his game personally, uh, but he, is, uh, he makes us a better team anytime he's in our lineup. Um, and then, you know, we're getting some real good contributions from guys that, that might not, um, you know, jump off the page in terms of their uh, pedigree or draft position or whatnot, but that are really, really stepping up in responsibility. Guys like Phil Kemp, guys like Vincent DeHarnay, Mike Kesselring's taking a step here. Yanni Caldis is a um, American League contracted guy that we move uh, up to forward and feel comfortable with him on the back end. Uh, so those guys are all stepping up in responsibility and uh, helping us um, do the things that we need to do to keep the goals against down and give our ch- our team a chance to win. Who's who's closer, Jay, in your mind uh, between Niemelainen and Broberg? Like if the Oilers revisit bringing a guy back up here, who's closer? Well, I think when you're talking recalls, uh, it depends on what the need is, first of all. I think both of those players have proven that they feel comfortable at the NHL level, that they, they understand the pace of play, um, the way the game is played up there, what expectations are in terms of um, preparation, in terms of practice, all that kind of thing. I think both of them are in good uh, places when it comes to that. I think um, in terms of recalls, you think of dimensions. I think they bring different things to the table. I think Nimalainen is um, his physical dimension is what sets him apart. Um, you know, he, there's things in his game that he is working on. His puck play, um, his reads, um, those type of things, uh, and just his level of consistency as well. And uh, but if you're looking for someone penalty kill wise, if you want to add a physical element to the back end, I think he would be the guy. If you're looking for more of a, a transporter, a puck mover, um, somebody uh, uh, in that light, then then Philip might be the guy that you're looking at. But what's great news for the organization is that both of them have proven they can play. Both, both of them bring different things to the table. And like I said, I think that bodes well for the organization long term. Well, as we're joined by Jay Woodcroft, head coach of the Bakersfield Condors, how much has Dave Manson played a factor? Uh, you know, we saw Barron and Jones come up. Uh, Bouchard, you guys played him in every situation. Uh, Broberg's played big minutes. Niemelainen playing a bunch. Might even have a guy like Dave Harnay that the Oilers are going to have to consider to sign here. It's a rangy six foot six, six foot seven, right shot D. I had somebody say to me yesterday, Jay, that uh, Dave Manson did everything in the NHL. He came up as a fighter and an enforcer. He became a power play quarterback, and at the end of his career, he's a shutdown guy. Do you think that experience helps uh, a, a guy like uh, Dave and his ability to relate to all types of D? It's almost like you're reading uh, my checklist of, of what he checked off when I hired him. Uh, and you know what? I can't say I cannot say enough about Dave Manson. I think um, when I go back to think about um, that 
process of trying to find the right fit for somebody to run our back end down here, I knew that I wanted to find someone who was different than me, somebody who had a different voice, someone who had a different set of experiences. Um, and you mentioned some of those things about Dave. Um, for me, uh, I joke around that he's my left tackle. He's the guy that takes care of my blind sides. He puts wow. fires out before they become uh, big fires. He's somebody uh, who has a pulse of the team um, and a way of getting his point across that I believe commands respect. He has a presence uh, in any room he walks in. For me, um, you you mentioned his accomplishments as a player. I, I don't think he gets enough credit for how good of a player he was. He was a first-round draft pick. He played over 1,000 games. I believe he made an NHL All-Star team, and he scored over 100 goals as a defenseman. So those things, I think, um, go to his experience level in trying to relate to the different types of D-men that we've had come through our program. And you've listed a lot of them. I'd add Lagason in there as well. Um, you know, he's a He's also somebody who I don't believe gets enough credit for his coaching path. He's not somebody who just got airlifted into an NHL position right after retirement. He went back. He got involved in minor hockey in Prince Albert. He eventually got involved with the junior team. He rode the buses for years in the Western Hockey League while he worked at his craft. I remember seeing him from afar at coaches' conferences in the summertime. He's a serious coach, and I think he's been a real asset uh, since we brought him into the organization here four years ago. All right, uh, let's switch focus. What's up this week for the Bakersfield Condors? Yep, Bakersfield Condors this week um, have a midweek game scheduled versus Tucson on Wednesday, and then we play Saturday, Sunday, um, home at home against San Jose Barracuda, and then on the road on Sunday against the San Jose Barracuda. And uh, it's an important segment for our team. Um, like I told you, we've had people, oh, it seems almost on a daily basis, go into protocol. But we're also returning some people from protocol. So it's a, it's a delicate uh, juggling act here with making sure that people get what they need while at the same time not taxing anybody and having enough bodies to feel the lineup. So, um, you know, for our team, uh, it's, been, it's been going pretty well here uh, over the last six weeks or so. And it's a credit to the players and the work they're putting in. We want to make sure that uh, we're continuing to protect our practice habits and, and trying to get better every day and we had a good practice today we're set for a good one tomorrow and then uh, like i said that midweek game on wednesday versus tucson jay as always appreciate your time thanks for joining us okay bob take care that is hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting go to your happy place for a happy price go to your happy price priceline 
Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Jay Woodcroft, it's 150 in Edmonton. We'll wrap up Oilers now with a text of the Ashley Fine Floors text line when we return. Hi, this is Leon Dreisaitl from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. 152, Royal Pizza, Pizza Pass, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years per menu. And a list of their 15 Edmonton and area locations go online, royalpizza.ca, or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Stoffer recommendation at Royal Pizza Mediterranean Chicken. Former defenseman Mark texts the show, Bob, it's painful. Replace the coach. Replace the GM. Connor's not good enough. It's all BS. Always short-term thinking. Former defenseman Mark adds, 16-5 and five was great. Gave optimism for the season. A comedy of errors and just coming back to earth in the power play has grounded that optimism. I didn't like, says former defenseman Mark, what I saw Saturday, but how many people would be calling for everyone's heads uh, before the collapse? It's too hot and cold. I simply look at the season and say, it's not their year. If Holland was given an offer he couldn't refuse on a bona fide number one, of course I'd say go for it. Does that even happen in the NHL anymore, says former defenseman Mark? Keep the powder dry. I would, however, agree that next year is Edmonton's year. We can't afford to spend another year in this core of substandard goalting. Next season, keeps Skinner in the minors. Play out Smith's contract as a backup. And get one of Fleury or Price to shoulder the load. Obviously, in Price's case, that might not be possible till the start of the season. Uh, just one thing on Skinner. Skinner's going to have to clear next year. It ain't going to be easy to get him up and down next year. Into NHL def- uh, today. Uh, check that. Uh, this day in Oilers history brought to you by New West Travel. Looking for a great Oilers roadie? Fly nonstop Nashville with Flair Airlines. Watch the Oilers play for just 1750 bucks. Go visit newwesttravel.com for more intel and info. Here's Brendan Escott. 1999, the Oilers get goals from four different players on road to a 4-1 win over the Detroit Red Wings at Skyreach Center. Bob Asenza was in net while Rem Murray and Tom Pody each had uh, two-point nights. That brought the Oilers record to 18-19. And six. And the Oilers made the playoffs that year. Uh, went out in 99. Was that four or five? I think they went out in four uh, that year. But uh, they did make the playoffs during the 98-99 season. This day in Oilers history brought to you by New West Travel. Was that the year Kevin Lowe coached the team? Or was that 99-2000? Anyhow, looking for a great road trip. Fly nonstop. Uh, Kevin coached the team in 99-2000. Uh, fly nonstop to Nashville. Flair Airlines to see the Oilers play for just 1750 bucks. Call New West Travel or go online at newwesttravel.com. Reid Wilkins says inside sports night from 6 to 8. What's he got shaking? You're going to hear from one of the goal scorers on the weekend, uh, Brendan Perlini, as well as uh, Elks in-game analyst here on 630, Chad Blake Dermott. Tomorrow, Sportsnet spec for the horses and horse racing Alberta presenting live standard bred racing Saturdays at Century Mile at uh, 1.15. It is the WHL trade deadline today around 3 o'clock. Uh, we'll have Brad Lauer, the head coach of the Edmonton Oil Kings. They take on PA tomorrow. Wonder if Ozzie Weisblatt gets moved. Wait and see on that front. San Jose first rounder. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3. Then Jay Lynn Knight today with 6.30 chat afternoons from 3 to 6. Special thanks to all of you who took time to call 
or text the show and participate in the interactive elements to Oilers Now. Have a, uh, a wonderful Monday, everybody. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.